this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Of the authors of a new conservative-led report out today, debunking each and every legal claim of election fraud made by Trump and his team as it relates to the 2020 vote. And gentlemen, thank you for being with us. I was talking about Republican uh, Republicans who call themselves conservatives but still believe, believe in the big lie. And so that's why you are here. I first want to ask you about this report that the two of you have put together who is it for? Uh, ben first. We wrote this report for conservatives uh, who may believe the allegations that elections are fraudulent and rigged. And what we wanted to do was gather uh, a group of conservative jurists and political operatives to take a look at every single charge Donald Trump or his supporters filed in any of the six battleground states. And so we have looked mm -hmm. at all 64 cases and 187 counts and, and confirmed that he did not make his case. <laughs> Peter K. Navarro sitting in for Stephen K. Bannon. I think um, Steve uh, is out there doing, still doing the victory laps he was taking uh, over the CNN documentary last night. A uh, curious piece of journalism from CNN. Um, it was <laughs> it was a blatant, bald faced attempt uh, to portray Steve in the worst possible light. And what they wound up doing, I think, was uh, turning him into uh, the savior of our republic uh, by resurrecting uh, the grassroots here in America. I think my favorite part of the, 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 the film, let's call it a film, was uh, the beginning featuring um, what I would, would describe as, let us say, very well-spoken soccer mom types from the great state of Georgia who uh, apparently were, were politically unawake. Um, and somehow they heard Steve on this show, War Room, and uh, were inspired, the three of them, all to run for some type of, of office, two of them, I think, for either Congress or state representative, and uh, another one um, as an official in the Republican Party, based on Steve Bannon discussing the canon of Bannon, which is 
action, action, action. And I, the, the beauty, of course, of, of Bannon's War Room is that it, it empowers people by showing them the levers of power they can grab and participate in, such as the precinct strategy made famous um, on this show uh, by people uh, like Dan Schultz. So, um, yeah, yeah, Steve's probably doing victory laps, but if you, of course you know that's not why he's here. Um, there are other reasons for that, and um, our prayers are with Stephen K. Bannon uh, today. And um, and for the rest uh, of the time, um, he's going to need to be away from this microphone, which uh, which shouldn't be too long. Um, at any rate, uh, that fellow there, Ginsburg was his name. Like, okay, bald head, beard, bespeckled, beautiful um, gold tie, nice suit. Got no nothing against bald people. I'm getting there myself. You know, it's like it. Happens to all of us, but that sob comes across um, as as a rational, intelligent, unbiased human being. When that son of a bitch is anything but that, and the first we're going to have Seth Kessel on. I'm going to get him on here after I complete this. Uh, let us call monologue. Some may call it a rant. I'll call it a monologue. Um, but the first thing I want to tell you about these kind of reports that you see published in the, from the swamp. They kind of bubble up from the muck where these these guys, in this case, go, we're conservatives who claim that the election was fair. And, and look, the first thing um, I always used to teach my students back at UC Irvine um, when I was trying to teach them kind of how to consume news is you always had to first condition what you were consuming on who the people were that were writing it. Now, um, here's a <laughs> here's here's a quote. Here's a couple of quotes from Ginsburg. Okay, uh, my party is destroying itself on the altar of Trump. Okay, there you go. Um, my fellow Republicans, look what we've become. It is we who must fix this. Trump should not be reelected, vote, but not for him. Okay, so there you have it. The guy who allegedly is writing an unbiased report along with five other or six other Republican rhino losers has been avowedly never Trump since the day Trump got elected in 2016. So what kind of credibility um, do you have there? Zero, I would say. If you look at Senator Danforth, okay, another <laughs> another one of the beauties. He got to be lead author. I wonder how that worked. I love the title of the op-ed he wrote in 2017, right? This is like five years before he would so like look you in the eye and say, oh, I'm just writing a, a report like unbiased from the Republican point of view. No, 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 no. Here's what the title of that op-ed was. Trump is exactly what Republicans are not. And and here's the thing. Today, five years later, Trump is exactly what the Republican Party has become. MAGA, make America great again. Deplorables, party of the working class, the black, brown, blue-collar Americans, the 
the new rainbow coalition, the party where Demo- where where Hispanic Dems, Hispanic blacks are coming home to the party of Abe Lincoln, home to the Republican Party. So don't tell me, Danforth, that that, <laughs> that you are unbiased. Now, um, as for the report itself, they make the claim in that report that they looked at every claim of fraud and irregularities and debunk it. Well, um, I was deeply offended by that personally because uh, as Steve Bannon has talked about many times on War Room, um, the unquestioned, the definitive first major analyses of fraud and election irregularities during the 2020 election was none other than that thing called what? The Navarro Report. Get it on PeterNavarro.com. It was something I did beginning Thanksgiving Day after the election in 2020 and finished uh, before the events of January 6th. And what I showed in that report uh, beyond any shadow of a doubt, Cameron, do we have slides here? Do, can I? So, can you pull up uh, the victory margin, the Biden margin slide here? If, see if we can get that up there, because what what I found um, the top line chart here, um, the chart's titled "The Immaculate Deception at the Head." It has some numbers at the bottom. Uh, um, that's not the chart. If no, no, that's not. <laughs> Okay, you'll get it. I'll describe it while they're trying to find it. But what I did in that report was look at the six major battleground states where the election uh, was allegedly won by Biden. It was Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Okay, and the the there it is. We got this now. Now. What I would refer to you, well, I guess in the small print, first of all, is the, is the numbers. What I did was, after looking at, at all the fraud and irregularities, uh, my top line finding was that the number of possible illegal ballots attributable to fraud and irregularities absolutely dwarfed, dwarfed the alleged Biden victory margin. Remember, for example, Georgia. Biden allegedly won that by 12,000 votes, Masermanos, right? The number of illegal ballots potentially in the state of Georgia alone was well in excess of 400,000. And if you look at that chart, um, what you see is like these these different categories of, of irregularities. See, that's the thing. It wasn't just just bumping the night, illegal ballots stuffed in drop boxes. It was things like the ballot mishandling, the contestable process files, the the mistreatment of poll watchers. And so um, what you find here are a set of numbers that that really should drive any reasonable person to want to investigate these irregularities. Okay, now um, that's not what this report did by these so-called rhino conservatives, okay, who are anything but con- Trump conservatives. What they did was simply ignore the Navarro report. I found this curious, right? Okay, so look, 
that report is out there. Um, it's it's the most heavily footnoted, well documented report on election fraud and irregularities that was presented to the American people within the first sixty to ninety days uh, after the election. Okay, it is a part of history. Okay, there is zero zero reference to that report, and therefore zero rebuttal of the statistical claims I make in that report. And what I am, I, I find um, heartening, based on the hard work I did on that report, is if you look at 2,000 Mules, right? That's the bookend, okay? That's the film by Dinesh D'Souza coupled with Rigged, the beautiful film by Dave Bossy. What those two films have done is basically verify everything I did in the Navarro report, and my numbers are eerily similar to what Dinesh D'Souza finds when he does his 2,000 mules analysis. And what did these, this Republican report do with 2,000 mules? They said it was, had been completely discredited based on three footnotes from what? Left-wing journalists. I mean, come on, guys. This is just total nonsense. So with that kind of as a lengthy, a lengthy introduction to this whole issue, um, if Seth Kessel is on the phone, there he is. Look at that man. Vest. He's in his vest today. Never trust a man with a vest except Seth Kessel. All right, Seth, you've heard my rant. Uh, I'm going to let you rant a bit. Uh, go for it. To tell us what your read was of this uh, this report done by these uh, alleged rhinos. So the, the report is a dud. Steve reached out to me last week, wanted me to run it over and give my two cents. And just like you said, your numbers match Dinesh's, my numbers match yours in a different way of analyzing the election. The Right off the bat, the authors show their bias. Trump has mentioned 245 times in the document, Biden 101 times. Clearly, they're trying to, to make the angle that Republicans and Trump don't really go together and to quell down. Now, I wonder why now, 20 months after the election, you have all these hit pieces. I was featured in one in national propaganda radio a couple of weeks ago that was also a dud. Looking through the data, they, they talk about what would happen if the Americans lost trust in the system of elections thanks to stuff like this. Well, they already have. Even CNN's own numbers show 52% of Americans don't trust the system of elections. More conservative outlets are showing about 60% of Americans believe the election of 2020 was decided by outright fraud. And you can go down and through the states, and they talk about support for other Republicans as if Trump had a weak performance. But no incumbent president since 1888 Grover Cleveland has gained votes from the previous election and failed to win re-election. You can look at any of these numerous trends, indicators, bellwethers and predictors, some of them that go back to 1872 that were disrupted by the magnitude of fraud that happened in our election. I wouldn't say on November 3rd, but 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and so on. They counted until they needed no more votes. About the mail-in ballots, you can look at states that have had mail-in balloting before 2020, Washington, Oregon, Utah, Colorado, I did the analysis on those four states, and they had pretty standard increase in turnout over the years as their populations grew until 2020, and they also exploded. So why is it that we use mail ballots as an excuse for higher turnout in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and so on? Really, the, cons the conspiracy theorists here 
not the Trump supporters. It would be Robin Voss, the Speaker of the General Assembly in Wisconsin, who was presented with so much evidence of election fraud there that he had to come out and say that there was widespread fraud in Wisconsin. The authors of this report say that there may have been some fraud. The changes, which, by the way, were illegal. The state executives going around the legislature to mandate mail ballots in states they don't even have a system to govern mail balloting. Some fraud may have happened, but not enough to overturn results. They even went as far as to say as no results in even a precinct would have been overturned. Well, my researchers came back with some interesting numbers on Maricopa County. There were 23 precincts out of more than 740 in Maricopa County that were decided within 1% to either side, and five of those were decided by a single vote. So it's not just Trump versus Biden in Arizona that is on the decertification block. It should be McSally versus Kelly. It should be about 12 other races in Maricopa County that are completely too close to call. And ironically, two races for the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, the Steve Chukri recordings suggest that they did not want an audit in Maricopa County because sellers and gates were concerned they may not have won their elections. So you can go down the chain in Arizona. They even talk about the Cyber Ninjas report. And the first thing they say is that Biden actually got 99 more votes and Trump lost votes, 261 votes. Unfortunately for them, that was not a recount. So if I give you five $100 bills, you're going to say you've got 500 bucks until I show you that two of them are counterfeit. You really have 300. So the issue with the election from coast to coast and even beyond I've shown my numbers about Hawaii and audit the vote. Hawaii was very happy. I showed the fraud there. But you can see that really these ballots are being cast by, I would say, voters, but by entries on voter registration lists that don't exist. You can go into Wisconsin. The Gableman investigation, the Secretary of State audits show people registered on the voter rolls as marks of punctuation or in mass registered in 1918. 7% of mail ballots trafficked in Wisconsin. Now you've seen the ruling from the Wisconsin Supreme Court saying not only are the Dropbox is illegal. They were illegal in 2020. That should absolutely be a history changing prompt for Wisconsin to decertify its 2020 election. But of course, they say that they don't have a mechanism to do so. I did send you a few graphics if you want to show the magnitude of the fraud in Arizona in a different way. So uh, let's let's do that. Before we get into the numbers, just hang on to that um, for a minute. Um, the the thing. The, Here's what I think we need to answer better on our side of the fence. I think the major attack on um, Trump and the results was the almost uniform refusal of the legal system, both the Supreme Court and across the many states, uh, to take on this issue and i think that that that's got to be be explained better um by us and then um i also think we 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 need to kind of dissect what uh, these guys had to say about the the um the data in 2000 mules um so so seth what you know what i mean what why is it because you, you and I both know, uh, and we've said this repeatedly, it's the canvas, not the count. You can, you can recount uh, ballots like till the cows come home, and if there's a bunch of illegal ones in there that you don't know are illegal, you're still going to come to the same result. Why is it that um, the the legal system and and even Rhino Republicans in these battleground states 
have not allowed a, a fair counting of the legal votes to take place. Do you, you, do you have any insight on that? Yeah, I made a comment today on social media about the six contested states that you've mentioned, Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. And all defenses are out to make sure that nothing can be uncovered, although that's not been the case. We've uncovered so much that you should have already decertified every single state in the union. But there are a number of states that aren't thought of as contested states where there's a very soft underbelly of fraud that is visible, like Washington, Oregon, Hawaii. You can go across to the East Coast in New Jersey, Rhode Island, a number of states where you wouldn't even expect to look. Red states, North Carolina, South Carolina and Texas. And in these Republican states like in Texas, we have Donald Trump wanted an audit in Texas. Greg Abbott said he would support an audit in Texas and we don't have it. And it brings me to the question of if this these issues and the voter rolls and with all the mechanisms of which narrow races can be manipulated if it's a two-party system of election fraud in which both parties feed at the same trough and that is not to be exposed. That's the main concern of those of us in red states that are looking for audit action in those. See, it's, um, again, I, I get to, I go back to this report. I, let's Let's segue over to uh, the 2000 mules. I mean, I, I watched that film, um, as you said, and I said, the numbers that were calculated of, of potentially legal votes tracked pretty well with, with my speculation on the matter. And, and as I understand it, uh, these 2000 mules were people revealed by the data analysis who were shown to emanate from these nonprofit organizations so that they were likely affiliated with these nonprofits. This is where the ballots were stashed and they went repeatedly. And when I say repeatedly, I mean repeatedly um, in a pattern, not just to one Dropbox, but to many on any given day or night. And it seems to me that, that you can make the case like these these uh, alleged Republicans did that, well, you know, if the, the, the data can't tell us if they were at the Dropbox, maybe they were 10 or 20 feet away or something like that, picking their nose at the ice cream store. I mean, who knows, right? But if you have a pattern where these people are near and therefore at, Dropbox after Dropbox after Dropbox on routes repeatedly over numerous days. And they're associated with these nonprofits that were put into place by things like Zuckerbucks. Uh, it seems to me that at a minimum, the Justice Department at the federal level and the investigators at the state level should want to investigate that. Yet again, Seth. Uh, we have none of that. Can, can you give your take on D'Souza's analysis and why it why it may be right or wrong? Yeah, I feel like 2,000 Mules corroborated exactly what it is that I've been measuring for over a year and a half. And I've always called it excess votes. Really, it's excess votes of total turnout. But you see it particularly in one candidate's column who failed all the trends, indicators, bellwethers and predictors for 
almost 150 years. Now, I kind of see it as a extra foot on a scale to where there's too many By votes. Way, it's like, did, 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 Seth, do me a favor. Just repeat that once more about defy the trends in bellwethers. What do you mean by that when you say that? Because that's burying the lead. What do you mean by that before you go on and make your point? So you have the electoral trends state by state, like Pennsylvania is a great example. I've given you a slide that we can look at for PA. It's had a strong Republican trend since Obama walked off the stage in 2008, ever since he, he took office. Look at that right there. From 2016 to 2020, the Republican Party, that's Trump's term, obviously, the Republican Party outregistered the Democrats at a ratio of 21 to 1. That's 242,000 net new Republican registrations in only 11,000 Democrat registrations, which is a complete beating. The previous cycle, we had a similar shift like that, three points in registration towards the GOP, and it resulted in a six-point swing in the state and a Trump flip. So what we're saying is Pennsylvania registered a 21 to 1 ratio for the GOP with Trump at the helm of the GOP, just so we could give Trump a record number of net new Republican votes and total votes surpassing Obama's vote total in a state with a declining or stagnant population that is losing an electoral vote. And they also, in the same election, turned around and gave Joe Biden a record number of votes. So almost a million new votes between the two major parties in Pennsylvania, which is actually losing electoral power in the next decade. That's a trend. An indicator would be the, the bellwethers. Like, so we've seen the bellwethers on the map. 18 bellwethers go to Trump. That's an indicator that, hey, it's going to be a long night for, for Joe Biden. And, of course, he winds up winning the election somehow with, with all bellwethers lost except for one then we have some we have some predictive data you can see ones like no no president has ever gained votes and lost since 1888 and we have trump gaining 11 million votes so those are the things that i've been looking at so they're really conversation starters in which nobody has a good answer another good one is is how does joe biden outperform barack obama in hawaii with hawaii also bearing the largest percentage republican vote gain in the nation in 2020. So the Trump win was so large that it impacted the electoral trends of solid blue states in which they also need to be manipulated to distract from what happened in the Midwest and in Arizona and Georgia. So everything looks normal across the board. You can't look across the board and see an upset in Oregon, but Pennsylvania, Michigan go to Joe Biden. Seth, um, we got uh, my clock says we got uh, 30 seconds left here. Uh, is that right, Cameron? Yes, indeed. All right, Seth, can you hang on uh, for the break? And we, we, we want to finish uh, up with you with your social media and talk a little bit more about um, the Dinesh D'Souza, why his numbers uh, were probably right. Uh, Peter K. Navarro in for Stephen K. Bannon here. War Room Battleground making a difference, at least according to the CNN documentary. Uh, we will be right back. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. 
You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. And so, Judge Griffith, if you could explain, if you look at all of these cases, what, what, is, it, what is it about uh, the way you conducted this investigation, this report, that might help bring those who are still believing this election was stolen to reality? How do you think well, you this know, is going to help? Well, we, we started with the, the assumption that we, d we were not going to rely on anyone else's account of what took place. The president of the United States made these serious charges of election fraud. And out of respect for the office of the presidency, we thought those claims deserve investigation and analysis. So we weren't going to mm -hmm. rely on anyone else. We did a deep dive ourselves into every claim of fraud or irregularity in all in, the, in all the battleground states. I think it's highly significant that three of the members of this group are former federal appeals court judges appointed by Republican presidents. Uh, Michael Ludig, 
Michael McConnell. These are two of the most highly respected conservative jurists actually in American history. Uh, and they joined in this, this, this process and we took a deep dive, a fresh look at all of the allegations and, and we came up with the conclusion that, 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 that Ben just mentioned. There is no evidence of fraud that would have changed the outcome in any single precinct, let, let, let alone, let alone the, the nation. So, uh, our hope is that when conservatives hear this from fellow conservatives, uh, when they hear this from people who hold their same values about uh, limited government, religious liberty, judicial conservatism, uh, that, 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 that they'll, they'll see what, what the truth is. And, and, and hopefully, and this is, this is the thing that I learned most from this process, uh, other than the fact that uh, it confirmed that the election was lost, not stolen. What I learned most from this process is that we have in the United States of America today an election administration system of which we can be very proud. The, the, the mm -hmm. bad old days of stuffed ballots and dead people voting, those are old days. They were bad days. They're not today. Uh, American people should have great confidence in the in the election administration system. It held up well uh, it, it, in, in, in this instance. Uh, and, 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 and those who claim that 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 uh, there was fraud in this election that changed the outcome without without any evidence uh, are actually doing great damage to our election system. You know, Judge, they're doing great damage to our democracy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm flat on my heels here watching that crap. I mean, this is like the swamp. These these punks in pinstripes sit there and tell you that there wasn't a single precinct in America where there's any kind of election irregularities juxtaposed against all the statistical anomalies that Seth Kissel talked about um, in our earlier segment, juxtaposed against all the election irregularities I uncovered in my own report, and juxtaposed against um, <laughs> just the, the visual evidence in the 2000 Mules and Rigged films of Dave Bossy and Dinesh uh, D'Souza. I gotta, I'm going to come back now uh, briefly to Seth Kissel. Just finish up, uh, Seth, if you will, on your take of, of how, how it is possible for people to ignore 2,000 mules based on what, what we saw with our own eyes. Because they don't want the outcomes of the elections to change. They want the outcomes of elections to elect candidates that are acceptable for their positions. Now, they call themselves conservatives, but conservatives in that sense haven't really conserved a whole lot, except in the way in which they tend to lose races and lose critical issues over time. The operative word that they use is widespread fraud. They don't say on the headers there for their shows that there's no evidence of fraud. They say there's no evidence of widespread fraud, and they don't define what widespread means. So just like Dan Crenshaw got himself into a trap arguing with with Bobby Python a few months ago, we had 10,000 vote margin in Arizona, 12,000 in Georgia, 20,000 in Wisconsin, 33 in Nevada, and we can go on to Michigan and Pennsylvania, but widespread, does that include 10, 12, and 20,000 votes? Of course it does, and we only have a certain sampling. If you think that it's only in the cities, well, that's not the case either. Stephanie Lambert is an attorney from Michigan, and she's, a, she's just filed a case on Hillsdale County 
in which they found 11% of the votes are wrongfully tabulated in Adams Township. I went and looked at that small county. It looks like there's probably two or 3,000 extra votes sitting in that small county for one particular candidate we will not name. So they don't want the outcomes to change. They want to protect a system that, in fact, they're making it worse. They're digging deeper trenches. Pennsylvania wants to move towards mail-in balloting because the Democrats there know in a legitimate election system, Pennsylvania is becoming Ohio, which has already become Indiana, which is becoming West Virginia. That is the way the working class vote in this country is moving. Pennsylvania was easily a six to eight point minimum Trump state. We could flip Pennsylvania without even looking at Philadelphia County. Michigan is in the same boat. So to answer your question, and it's not just conservative people that are pushing, there's a man named Philip Stark. He's a leftist academian who's out there and he reviewed Fulton County and he said that there's two to three times, two to three ballots counted God knows how many times in which any sort of certification of a vote in Fulton County, it really can't even be audited anyway. It's so sloppy in its tabulation. Nobody has any idea, the foggiest idea, where to even begin other than the starting point of Joe Biden is outperforming Barack Obama in Metro Atlanta, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Seth, um, here's here's something that you and I will share right now, because what we want to do is encourage everybody watching this show to action, action, action. It's critical that we not only win back win back the House of Representatives um, in 2022, uh, but also seize through the ballot box, through legal votes, the secretaries of state positions in all of these key battleground states and around this country, because with the help of Stephen K. Bannon and shows like The War Room, we will find out what happened. We will get to the bottom of that, provided that we're able to take back Trump's America for the American people. Uh, and that's what the, what our mission is. Seth, uh, just tell us uh, how people can reach you through your uh, social media or webpage. Best way to find me is on Telegram or True Social. The handle is at Real S. Keschel, K-E-S-H-E-L. All right, my brother, you are one of the crispest guests I interview, and it's always a pleasure to have you on, sir. Uh, we're going to go now, if I can, have that cold open from uh, the what, what was supposed to be a hit piece last night by CNN of Stephen K. Bannon, um, and they uh, they revealed Steve to be the guy the war room knows, um, which is to say the savior of American democracy. So play that, and we're going to bring on Dan Schultz. These three women and millions like them are what Bannon hopes is the future of the Republican Party and the United States. Bannon calls it the precinct strategy. Ergo, we're going to take over everything from school boards all the way up to the House and the Senate. He is really talking about, from the ground up, remaking a party that is a Trump-loyal, MAGA-loyal kind of party. Okay, I want to start with Dan Schultz, precinct strategy. The precinct strategy's author is a Bannon regular, Dan Schultz, a local Arizona attorney. If we conservatives don't take over the Republican Party, we're going to lose our republic. President Trump comes out and endorses the precinct strategy. His step-by-step -step tutorial for taking over Republican politics is now considered almost gospel, inspiring thousands of believers in the election lie to get involved. GOP leaders in more than 20 counties in mostly battleground states told CNN they've seen a spike in participation. The precinct committee strategy, that's the first thing. Dan Schultz, I'm like, oh my gosh, 
right. this, I'm calling everybody I know. Did you even know that we had a precinct in my neighborhood? I'm the committee person now. <laughs> you know, just just feeling like, hey, I'm 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 actually doing something. And now they are all doing something because of Bannon. <laughs> God, you gotta love that. You just gotta love that. I mean, look, here's the best part about those three women, right? They're like, like, just, just intelligent soccer mom Americans sitting there. And the first time they ever heard of Steve Bannon was not during 2016 when he masterminded the victory of Donald Trump. Um, it wasn't in 2017. When Steve Bannon went into the White House as one of the top China hawks and brought about significant policies, the albeit short time he was there, um, it was not because they knew him from Breitbart days. None of that. It was simply this show, The War Room. And he was the only guy talking sense, Stephen K. Bannon, in a world where and they're from Georgia, those women. Nothing seemed to make sense. Those women knew that Donald Trump knew that election because they knew Georgia. And so, lo and behold, the only person I think they'd rather be able to talk to than Steve Bannon might be my next guest here, Dan Schultz. He, apparently, Dan, you are a hero with your precinct strategy. But but bring bring uh, let's bring in Dan now, and I just want to get your your reaction first of all to that CNN documentary when you when you saw what was going on there. Um, thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. Um, I thought it was a very good piece. Um, as you mentioned, uh, both the article that they wrote, which is very good, uh, which has uh, tutorial videos on the precinct committeeman strategy. And then those wonderful women that they showcased from Georgia, uh, salt of the earth people, good, decent people who want to do something. And now they're doing it and they're getting involved for the first time in their life in party politics and learning basic American civics, which they probably didn't get taught, unfortunately, in the schools they went to. But I did, you know, and what I did in 2017, as I, I put it all in this little book I wrote, How to Get in the Real Ball Game of Politics, Where You Live to Help President Donald J. Trump Make America Great Again. It's the precursor to in Trump time, sort of, so, so to speak. I was trying to get Donald Trump to become the recruiter in chief. And, um, and you know, he is, he's endorsed the, um, the precinct committeeman strategy. And they even linked to the Liz Harrington announcement on Twitter. I thought that was very nice of them. Um, and what I really liked was when they eventually got to Ben Ginsburg, uh, the former RNC uh, general counsel, and he said, there's nothing, and he hit the nail on the head. There's nothing wrong with people wanting to become poll workers and poll watchers and precinct committeemen and getting involved where they live politically. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And he's absolutely right. And that's what we need to do. We, the American people, we, the good, decent America firsters, need to fill all the vacancies in our Republican Party. By the so uh, the last yeah. question I have for you. Yeah, but the last question I have for you, did was your uh, website blowing up today with new recruits and everything like that? We were you able to significantly uh, boost the strategy based on that or the CNN have such few people watching it uh, that that you're, it was crickets or somewhere in between. Um. 
It was somewhere in between. Uh, last night, um, I, I got a, a significant increase. And then today, I know this morning, because I was on War Room this morning with Jack, with Soviet, uh, I got a, a, a whole lot of uh, email inquiries. And I could, I could see real time how many people were going to my site. So I'll know uh, after midnight tonight uh, what happened today. And so um, I did want to mention uh, three things real quick. If I can, first, you know, first place to go is my site, precinctstrategy.com. And that's what it looks like. That's the first action site. And then once you get there, you sign up clicking on, you know, this button here, connect with other conservatives in your state. That takes you to our site at, at pill.net, our precinct strategy site at pill.net. And then there's a new voter integrity tool that I want everybody to check out, Votify Now. You go to votifynow.org, votifynow.org to, 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 to see it. It's a You can download it to your smartphone. It, it'll give, make you the eyes and ears, and not just you, but every voter could download this. And while they're voting this election cycle and in 2024, if you see anything untoward, you can report it via Votify Now. And there's lots more to Votify Now. So just go to votifynow.org to check it out. I don't have any financial interest in any of those things at all. The only thing I want you to do is get my book. Because if you get my book, you become a person. All right, my brother. Dan Schultz, you are an American patriot, sir. Um, you you uh, go, go visit Dan Schultz, uh, and you will become a patriot like him. Uh, appreciate it. We're going to go next now. Um, if we can, we, we love to showcase political candidates who are pro-Trump uh, in various states. And so let's uh, introduce it via an ad, a political ad, if we can. Uh, uh, engineers, play that for us now, and then we'll bring in the guest. No one knows better than me what socialism and inflation is. This is 500 billion paper money bill. Empty shelves, long gas lines, and rising prices are the first signs of a civil unrest. We do not want to go that way. But sadly, our government is taking us right there. We need to stop this path to socialism. And I know how. Vote for freedom. Paid for by Citizens for Giordano Schifanelli for Lieutenant Governor. Kelly Hall, Treasurer. All right, Peter Navarro, uh, you saw the ad. Let's bring in the real person right now. Giordana Schifanelli. So I, I, come on, you got an Italian name and you're Yugoslavian. Like, parse that for me first, but then tell us how your campaign's going and what you're running on. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So the campaign is going great. Uh, we had a record uh, uh, primary uh, or early voting in the primaries that just finished a couple of days ago. 
Tomorrow is the Maryland's primary. We are fighting a hundred years of Democrats' dominance in uh, Maryland House, in Maryland Senate. Our people are suffering for freedom and they're dying for freedom. And so we need to deliver the freedom message to them. We are fighting against a globalist machine led by uh, Republican Governor Hogan and endorsed uh, who is endorsing Kelly Schultz, our opponent. Uh, but the people know better. But the people know better. Uh, and, and we are ready. We are ready for tomorrow. So uh, when is when is the election is tomorrow, literally? Yep. Tomorrow, seven in the morning until 8 p.m. All the precincts open throughout the state of Maryland. Uh, we uh, we have been loud and clear. Those soccer moms you mentioned earlier, uh, the the parents, uh, Parents for Freedom, parent advocacy groups, uh, they're all sick and tired of mask mandates, uh, vaccine mandates at uh, universities and some schools, uh, the shutdowns that uh, literally destroyed our businesses and our economy. Uh, governor Larry Hogan has been ranked D or the worst rated governor, uh, post-COVID governor in modern uh, history in the state of Maryland. So we the people are here and the candidates are Dan Cox for governor and myself, Gerardo Schifanelli for lieutenant governor. And we've been sending the message uh, of freedom uh, to every precinct, to, to every community. And we have a phenomenal response and we are expecting to win tomorrow. You know, the absentee ballots uh, plays such a role in the steal in 2020. Um, what's the absentee ballot situation like? Have, have most people already voted or, or do you have a big uh, day game uh, turnout? So we expect a big day game turnout. 86,000 uh, Republican voters uh, requested mail-in uh, uh, ballots. Uh, we do not know uh, how these ballots are going to be uh, counted. I did verify with uh, precinct election boards in certain precincts that there is no way of knowing who is signing the ballot. So the, there is no signature verification. Let, let me put that clear. Um, when it comes to uh, in-person voting tomorrow, I think uh, Republican voters are ready to show up at the polls because, and we saw uh, the early voting uh, numbers come in in the early voting uh, week, which uh, was July 7th through the 14th. So um, we see that people are coming to vote. Uh, a lot of them are waiting tomorrow. And I think tomorrow is for Maryland, the D-Day. All right. Well, uh, good luck to you tomorrow. We'll be watching. We should we'll be talking about it on the War Room. This is Peter K. Navarro sitting in for Stephen K. Bannon. Uh, we'll be back in the War Room tomorrow at 10 a.m. And uh, we love you to be here. You are the action, action, human agency folks that make all of this go. It is the number one podcast in the world in politics. Stephen K. Bannon.